welcome to the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. This is episode number 23, and I'm your host, Ian Hunter, back from a short hiatus, a bit of an extended all-star break, and it's it's my fault. Um, you can blame it on me. Uh, <laughs> ever since uh, ever since that hiatus, the Blue Jays have been abysmal, and right now they sit at 43-51, eight games under five hundred. Five and a half games out of a playoff spot. Things are looking pretty grim for them right now. And uh, so why not wallow in it for the next 20 minutes or so here on the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. Uh, Coming up, we'll speak exactly about those struggling Blue Jays. Also talk about the prospect of a rebuild in Toronto. Is it going to happen? Ross Atkins kind of gave the most concrete answer we've heard as of late, uh, we'll talk about the rash of Blue Jays injuries. They added another player to the disabled list earlier today. Uh, quick reaction to the Yankees and the White Sox making a trade and how that may affect the Toronto Blue Jays. And kind of looking ahead to 2018, uh, trying to see what's in store for these Toronto Blue Jays because the rest of the season, uh, contention is probably out of the question. And uh, we'll also take your uh, your listener questions. That's coming up here on the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. But just a quick reminder, you can grab this podcast over on iTunes, through Stitcher, Google Play Music, or over on SoundCloud. And if you are an iTunes user and you like what you hear, um, feel free to uh, leave a review of the Blue Jay Hunter podcast over on iTunes. Every little bit helps, and any any feedback you want to leave is much appreciated. So the uh, Toronto Blue Jays are continuing to struggle. Uh, they dropped the latest game 5-1 to to the Boston Red Sox, and just another abysmal effort from the Blue Jays once again. I... I'm running out of things to say about this team. Um, they are not fun to watch. Um, you know, there's a few entertaining players um, to watch, but overall, this is it's not a fun team to watch. And they've been playing a bad brand of baseball all season long. Um, there's no sugarcoating it anymore. I mean, they've the Blue Jays have most of their star players back. Um, mind you, Devin Travis is on the disabled list, but I mean, they have Josh Donaldson, they have Troy Tulowitzki, they have Aaron Sanchez and Jay Happ. And still this team cannot build any momentum whatsoever at the most crucial point in the season. So the fact that they're eight games under now, um, I think we can, I don't ever want to call a team. I don't ever want to say a team is done um, just past the midway point in the season. But I mean, I, I don't see them contending this year. It's incredibly difficult to see that. And it would be one thing if there were some signs of hope, like um, two years ago, you know, they were hovering around 500, but the blue Jays run differential was pretty high. So that indicated they should have a bounce back second half. And in, in fact, they did. And same goes as last year. They also had a, a pretty high positive run differential. This year, uh, it's the exact opposite. It's like minus 70 
probably minus 74 now at last check. So there's no there's no indication to me that this team is going to go on a run. And, you know, if they were to string together a 10-game winning streak, okay, they're back in it. But at, w- at what point this season have we seen signs that the Blue Jays would go on a ten game a ten game winning streak. I think the most they've won in a row is five. Um, they're this club is so inconsistent. It's one step forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. They they can't game gain any momentum. They're not playing all around good baseball. They're one of the worst base running teams in baseball. One of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Their starting pitching is mediocre overall. Their saving grace is their bullpen. So why exactly, what indicates to anybody that they're going to turn it around? I don't see, I'm sorry, but I don't see any signs they're going to do it. Unless they overhaul the roster, unless they trade away their expiring contracts and somehow find a way to get younger, acquire some premium talent, then maybe, but I mean that is a it's a total long shot. I think for the most part, this front office is starting to um, they've resolved to the fact that okay, we're probably not in it this year. We gotta look ahead to next year. We maybe need to start our off season work early here at the trade deadline. We need to plug our rotation holes. We need to figure out what's going on with second base. We have to shore up what's going on in left field. We need to start laying the groundwork for that because um, as messy as things look now, you know, the Jays have a lot of holes to fill next year. And it's going to be, you know, the uh, the Jays aren't going to be buyers by any means in the next couple of weeks, but they, they could be pretty busy. Uh, they could be selling off a lot of pieces. I have a feeling it's going to be more so the, the Jose Bautistas and the Joe Smiths and not the Josh Donaldsons. But, I mean, the things could change pretty quickly. Um, and it wouldn't shock me at this point now if the Blue Jays were to trade Josh Donaldson. I'm, From a fan perspective, I'm hoping they won't because he makes them a competitive team next year. But And Josh Donaldson's been struggling as of late. So all that package together um, hasn't been fun to watch the Blue Jays as of late. So... Um, I wrote about this for the sporting news, but um, Ross Adkins kind of left a uh, an interesting quote with Buster Olney on the Baseball Tonight podcast a few weeks ago. Basically said that the Blue Jays aren't interested in a complete rebuild, which was kind of the worst kept secret in or, uh, surrounding the Blue Jays, that they're not going to tear things down. They're not going to trade Josh Donaldson or Marcus Stroman or... Aaron Sanchez or Roberto Osuna. Um, there's, it's just not advantageous from a front office perspective to do that right now. And um, Atkins also said the Blue Jays are interested in acquiring uh, pitching, um, lots of minor league depth, maybe some for the major leagues because, I mean, let's face it, the Jays don't exactly have a starter they could call up from the minor leagues and just plug them in right now. They, their depth, I mean, they have depth, but it's not good depth. Uh, that's, 
they're they're guys like Connor Green, Jean Reed Foley, they're not quite ready yet. Triple A is you know, not much down there. And um so yeah, the Blue Jays have have work to do in that regard. Um so Mike Bolsinger, speaking of pitching, he coincidentally goes on the disabled list. Um the night after he throws three innings and extra innings. Um what a coincidence, right? Uh, so he makes the 21st Blue Jay to go on the disabled list this year. Um, way up from last year, obviously, but with the advent of the 10-day disabled list, I think a lot of teams are taking advantage of that. And, I mean, I don't want to say that the Jays are kind of using it as a phantom DL, but in a lot of these cases, you know, it's just pretty coincidental that the night after the Jays need to make a roster move or that they've run out of pitchers they just it just so happens one of them goes on the disabled list like when they needed to make a decision on Chris Coughlin um, miraculously he goes on the DL and same thing for Luke Maley he when the when the Jays got Montero, he suddenly went to the disabled list, so they didn't have to get rid of somebody off the roster. Like it's just, I don't know. Something about it seems kind of fishy, um, but it's, I guess that's the lay of the land right now. So congratulations, Mike Bolsinger, your player number twenty one, and <laughs> Blue Jays are four players away from having a a twenty five man disabled list. Los Angeles Dodgers, by the way, have twenty have sent. 23 players to the DL this year and they're a billion games above 500. So figure that one out. Um, so a bit, uh, some transactions earlier this week, the uh, New York Yankees went out, made some moves. They got David Robertson, Todd Frazier uh, among others to uh, bolster their bullpen and also third base. I mean, I don't know if it really affects the blue Jays at all, I'm still not I'm not really convinced the Yankees are a playoff worthy team. Um the way they've been performing as of late, their their starting pitching needs a lot of work. I don't know if they're even a wild card team to be honest. I mean, they're doing a lot of this on the back of Aaron Judge and if he tails off in the second half, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Um the Yankees, I feel like they've had a lot of players, a lot of guys playing over their heads. Guys like Matt Holliday and uh, Didi Gregorius. And just, I mean, maybe that's status quo from them from now on. But I, do, I don't see them as a playoff team this year. They may squeak in as that second wild card. But um, many of the players they acquired are under contract for next year as well. So, I mean, it gives the Yankees kind of like the super bullpen. But if they don't get to the playoffs, then, I mean, what's the point, right? And I guess the big existential question after their latest loss was, what now for the Blue Jays? I mean, where where do they go from here? Uh, you have a subpar product on the field. You have players with expiring contracts. You have other players who are under team control for this year and next, who could be very attractive to potential buyers, um, players like Jay Happ, Josh Donaldson. So where does the front office go? W- what do the Blue Jays do here? 
Um, I, I, for one, I don't know if there's a lot of uh, value in someone like Francisco Liriano, Marco Estrada, Jose Bautista. I think there's going to be a lot of buyers for Joe Smith, but I mean, what do you get back for him, right? Like, do you get a double A prospect? Do you get a single A prospect? You're not getting a fourth outfielder. You're not getting a, a starting player at all, unless you're eating salary on somebody's deal. So you just kind of take what you can get in most of those cases, especially in the instance of Estrada and Liriano, because they still have seven, six, seven million left on on their contracts for the rest of this season. So there's not a lot of contenders who are one looking to take on a pet project for the last two months of the season and two also having to pay exorbitantly for it. They 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 want proven commodities or they want guys they want cheap guys um to fill out their starting rotation. But I mean we've heard I think I read earlier today that the Yankees um Joel Sherman kind of bandied about that the Yankees should go after Marco Estrada. Heard rumors about Estrada possibly to the Royals, I think. Um which, you know, makes some sense. He's Marco Estrada would be a very uh Kansas City Royals kind of pitcher, right? Like very <laughs> he would you'd probably fit in in that organization actually. But it's really it's you're just kind of playing things out. You're waiting you're almost I hate to say it, but you're waiting to see how bad things are gonna get on the field in the next couple of weeks. And for the Blue Jays to just say Okay, fine. We're selling. Like tomorrow morning or overnight, I'm sure Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro's phones are ringing off the hook with calls from other teams saying, "Okay, well, are you selling this guy or what?" I guess you just have to look ahead to 2018 because the way things have gone in 2017, the rest of the season, it's going to be tough. All right, coming after the break, we'll get to your Listener questions. Thanks, everyone, for sending them in. I had uh, some through Twitter at BlueJayHunter, and you can always email them in if you prefer, BlueJayHunter at gmail.com, or you can leave them on the Blue Jay Hunter Facebook page. Your listener questions coming up here on the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. All right, so we'll get into your listener questions here on the Blue Jay Hunter podcast, and we'll lead it off with Simon, who emailed in a question a while back, and he's asking about uh, Justin Smoke. Why wouldn't the Jays look into trading Justin Smoke at the trade deadline, or uh, I think he's saying this winter? The um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the Jays are probably getting calls on Justin Smoke. Uh, the thing is, his body of work. I think teams are looking at, you know, the first three or so months of the season of Justin Smoke's incredible season and kind of weighing it against his entire career and what he's done. And, you know, you just look at what Michael Saunders did last season. And, you know, he was one of the better outfielders in Major League Baseball in the first half. And then he was one of the worst hitters in baseball in the second half. 
So it's cautionary tale, especially guys who um, come out of nowhere and suddenly start hitting like the way that Justin Smoke hits. There's probably a lot of teams who are wondering, is this sustainable or is this just an anomaly? Is he going to fall off the map in the second half? Which means, I mean, you're not getting, you're probably not getting a lot for Justin Smoke or as much as you should get. at least the way he's performed the first half of the season. I mean, he's under a team-friendly deal for the rest of this year, next year, and an option for 2019. So there's value in that. But I think he's, right now, He's because he's on a team-friendly deal, I feel like he's much more valuable to the Blue Jays than anybody else. He's more valuable on the big league roster than he would be as a trade chip. So... Uh, I think that's why you probably don't see the Blue Jays trade him. If they do, um, that's that's great because, I mean, I don't think he factors into the long-term plans of this team anyway. But it's just kind of a nice surprise that he's having a career year and I guess you just ride things out and hope he duplicates similar numbers next year and beyond. Uh, so we've got a question from Joanna, Joanna from Hum and Chuck, uh, who's celebrating her 10-year blog anniversary, by the way. Uh, congratulations for that, Joanna. Um, how do I mend a broken heart? Um, so we'll lead that into Andy's question, which is very similar. Andy, Mr. Rally Cap, Ian, love the podcast. When do other sports start? Um, you know what? I don't blame you for looking forward to, um, watching your second favorite team. It's, it's been tough because I mean, from, for the most part, people watch sports. You watch the Blue Jays as an escape. It's something to forget, uh, you know, like the bad day you had at work or school or whatever. You use the Blue Jays to watch. Watching the game for three, four hours a night is a safe haven. Um, and the minute your favorite team starts causing you more stress or additional stress into your life, it's it's tough and. I remember the probably like the last month of the regular season last year was excruciating because <laughs> like every day I felt like oh no they're going to blow it like they're they're going to go from top of the division to missing out on a playoff spot and I was fearful of that every single day luckily they made it in advanced all the way to the ALCS but not without pulling out a ton of hair and a, a ton of heartache and, and stress. So I guess my advice to you, uh, Joanna and Andy is to probably uh, step away for a game or step away for two games. And I mean, you would be surprised how refreshing it is to I hate to say it, but to, miss a a Jays game sometimes especially if it's one of those 15 to 1 19 to 1 drubbings um if you miss those games you're all you're all to be honest you're almost better off 
So especially as of late, it seems like the Jays are losing. Well, they are losing more than they're winning. So not watching a loss, sometimes it it feels like a win. I, I hate to say it, but that's, I guess that's my advice to you guys. Peter's question here is asking, what upgrades does the Rogers Center need to be a better experience and better play? I've talked about the Rogers Center renos a little bit on previous podcasts. I think Matt asked me about this, and I'll kind of reiterate the point, but I think first and foremost, um, I would love to see a some sort of a, I think Matt described it as this, is like a craft beer garden. Um, they have something similar, I think they still do, in Lansing at Cooley Law Stadium. It's an actual section of the stadium where they just have craft beer. And I think some of them are local, but it's a place in the stadium where it's not your macro brews. Um, I would love to see something like that at the Rogers Center where it's all... Uh, local breweries like you know Great Lakes and um, other other places like that where you can just get local beer because I mean if if for me personally if I'm coming from out of town or maybe if I'm coming if I'm from across the country or the states I've never been to a Blue Jays game before I'm trying to get things I'm I I've never had before and. Two, two of those things, first and foremost, are uh, beer and food. You're looking for like the signature food item, and you're looking for a signature beer. Um, so you want like people coming out of town, they want to try the local beer. And, I mean, that just seems like a logical thing to me. Um, and uh, secondly is to upgrade the concessions. Uh, the we I've said it before, but, you know, the food at the Rogers Center right now, it's like, I mean, it's on par with cafeteria food. It's, I think they're trying new things. They're trying to be innovative, but it's still the same um, assembly line kind of food. Like there's no, there still isn't a signature item there at, at the dome. I think they're trying, but there's nothing there. So they've really got to integrate something in, in and to make it, make people want to go and seek out food items. Um, the one thing I thought of, and I don't know if they could scale this up, but like I've never had it, but the sweet Jesus ice cream. I mean, that to me is something that would be amazing at the Rogers Center or even some, something as simple as beaver tails. Like why, why don't they have beaver tails at the Rogers Center? It's, you can have beaver tails basically anywhere now. They franchised it out. And it's that would be it's a very Canadiana thing. So two items like that. Um, I I really don't know how else to improve things. I mean, putting in grass would be great aesthetically, better for the players, like a grass field. But I feel like the ship has kind of sailed on that. I, I I don't think that's in the cards or the future. And just opening up the concourse, like making it a much more uh, viewer-friendly area so that you don't have to go to the very edge of the concourse to kind of see what's going on on the field. 
probably taking away some some seats, making it a little more intimate, uh, reconfiguring the seats, putting them more towards home plate, little things like that. But to me, the food, food and drink are, for me at least, my top two priorities. Uh, Matt's question, is it still early? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not early anymore. It is late. And the Blue Jays are not doing well. And lastly, uh, very apropos, apropos way to end it, but Jordan is asking, Jose Cuervo or Jack? I would have to say Jack because... I had a, I want to say 18 years old, my 18th birthday. One of my friends bought me a 26er of Jose Cuervo. And that's all I drank that night. And it did not end well. And like even today, the smell of tequila makes me ill. And not that Jose Cuervo is the best quality tequila out there, but just any any kind of tequila now. I feel like that birthday ruined it for me. Absolutely. So I would uh, I would side with Jack Daniels in that case. So that's it for this week's edition of the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. Thanks again to all for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay.